the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon, everyone. Here I am. It's John DePietro on this uh, Thursday afternoon. My goodness, we are into the first week of August. Uh, today's a little bit of an off day. Not the best day, but I, th- I believe we have some good weather coming up. I hope uh, I believe we have some some good weather that we're going to be enjoying right now. It is six minutes past one o'clock on this Thursday, folks. Remember, it's John DePietro on uh, AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. You just click listen live. This portion of the program is brought to you by K's. What a you know what? Why not treat yourself and live right? And uh, today would be a great day to either eat at K's. Right there. I love on their Facebook page, they uh, reenacted the Abbey Road uh, photo. But um, they have a terrific um, Facebook page that I check frequently. I believe they also have a, David mentioned they have a good website. They have uh, merchandise. But how about today? Seafood salad. Plus, how or back by popular demand, seafood salad or Reuben or uh, sausage and peppers. They have... Extra, extra BLT and a lot more. Stop by K's. I'm going to share this right now on the uh, Facebook page. Stop by K's. They do uh, such a terrific job and they are waiting for you. Now, we're going to speak with Blake Filippi coming up in uh, just a couple moments, folks. We're going to talk to him. And, and a lot of this, he is the House Minority Leader. And a big part of this has to do with just the fact of Governor Mundo with the announcement yesterday about, well, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems. And I did try to um, ask the situation that, and I, I recognize wherever you're listing right now, whether you're over the line in Massachusetts, whether you're in Bellingham or you're in Franklin, or maybe you live in Smithfield or Lincoln, wherever you can hear me this afternoon, this is a, a problem for Rhode Island tourism. And this is the month. If you're going to make any money with Rhode Island tourism, any real money after you've been just crushed this year because of this whole thing, it's going to be over the next four weeks. The kids are supposed to go back to school before Labor Day. Some of them, I told you, the teachers didn't want to go back before Labor Day. But this is a, a major problem. And the fact that Rhode Island has now gotten onto this list which prohibits. So the, the reason I want you to understand where this truly presents a problem is if you live in one of these other states, this is a huge advantage for people in Massachusetts because they're not on the list. Rhode Island is now on the list of infected states. I'm seeing now today's numbers, 110 new positive cases. I'd like to know where they are. I'd certainly like to know where that is where you're getting all these positive cases. I told you where some of the numbers fall last hour. And as far as the schools, if you're listening this afternoon right now and you're wondering, you know, there are many people that would like to send their children back to school at least four days a week, if not five days a week. But as I predicted and told you, I've been right all along, the teachers union is fighting this tooth and nail. They have no intention. They're going to fight this and fight this. Now, we're going to speak with House Minority Leader Blake Filippi coming up, folks, in just a moment. This portion of the John DePietro Show is also brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Were you in an accident? Did someone hit your car? If you're ever in an accident and you need to get it fixed, do what I did. Well, 
my car was damaged by some of the Black Lives Matter protesters. They uh, smashed, they damaged my mirror, and then they also kicked into the side door uh, to pay me back for my white privilege. So what did I do? I brought my car to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Kenny, they did a tremendous job. Folks, West Fountain Auto Body, if you're in an accident, give them a call, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence, right behind the Providence Public Safety Safety Complex. Uh, Kenny and Patricia, they're just, and even Kaylee now, they're fantastic. They service all domestic foreign vehicles. Call them first. If you're in an accident, if someone hits you, or you hit someone, but if someone, drunk driver, people not paying attention, call West Fountain Auto Body. Four words, West Fountain Auto Body. 272 3340. And if, it, if it's bad enough that a tow truck shows up, well, then what you want to do is just tell the tow truck operator that you want that vehicle at West Fountain Auto Body. Uh, folks, joining us right now, now I was thinking of him yesterday during the briefing, and especially with the governor with the test numbers and also the situation right now with this rat hotline that they've set up. Joining us, he is the House Minority Leader, the man of the people. Our leader, and it's our friend, Representative Blake Filippi. Good afternoon, Representative Filippi. Hey, good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Sheila. Uh, Rep. Filippi, let's start yesterday. First of all, uh, as a lot of people, they may or may not know, but you uh, do business on Block Island. Your family's from Block Island. Uh, if you could just put in context the damage that this and how this hurts Block Island, the fact that the state is now on this list of infected other states that Massachusetts is not on and Connecticut's not on and how this uh, affects us as far as trying to lure tourists in because then if people are going to return to their states, they then have to quarantine for 14 days. Uh, They're not going to come. They're not coming. I mean, you're seeing massive hotel cancellations. You know, it varies from week to week, but approximately 60 to 75% of our hotel rooms are booked to people from Connecticut and New York. So it's a, it's a real problem. The state needs to make money. South County, Newport County need to bring in the dough to fund our state budget, which has a real problem. So this just adds insult to injury for the state and also for the people of South County and Newport County who depend on the tourism season. And it's especially problematic when the infection rates in Newport County and Washington County are extremely low and it's really the northern part of the state that is um, has the high infection rates. It's giving the entire state a scarlet letter. You know, it is, Rep. And I tried to bring that out yesterday. I mean, those three districts, they're not going back for in-person learning, Central Falls, Providence, Pawtucket, because of the high infection rate. And my question is, but why is the entire state being punished for the high infection rates in those communities? You know, Block Island, Narragansett, they're all under five cases, Jamestown. There's no reason to have provisions on in those communities. Uh, I agree completely. What I think are, are we, you know, I have a lot of conversations with the Department of Health, and they're very proud of the data which we've developed here, the infrastructure to require data. We have great data, great data that we can use to our advantage. And we can use it to our advantage by the governor actually calling up our neighboring governors and saying, hey, we understand why you put the, the, the scarlet letter on us, why the state is red. But let's be smart here. Why don't we do it on a countywide basis? We understand you don't want your, your citizens coming to Providence County and not quarantining when they return to Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey. 
But don't apply that to Washington County. Don't apply that to Newport County or Kent County where the infection rates are low. There's people who come to Washington County, South, you know, South County, go to Newport, never step foot in Providence County where the high infection rate is. That's right. So that's, that's what we should be doing. That's what the governor should be doing right now is calling up our neighboring governors and saying, hey, listen, let's, let's be smart about this. Let's, let's do like a county-wide quarantine uh, because if you come to Washington County, you're, you're safe. Come to Newport County, you're safe. It's Providence County where the problem is, and, and that's what we should be doing right now. That's what you should be doing today. Yeah, but, uh, the, but here's the problem is... Well, first of all, I mean, the governor supposedly has a good relationship with Governor Baker, but that did not stop Massachusetts for setting up certain provisions if if you come to Rhode Island from Massachusetts. But do you really think, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, but let's go back to, I, I would argue that I'd like to hear that phone call of Governor Cuomo getting a phone call from Governor Armando saying, hey, could you lift that? Um, let's remember where this thing started back in March. Yeah, but we also, also lifted it too. And back in March... You know, we didn't know what this thing was. I didn't know what this thing was. You didn't know what this thing was. Was it the 1918 flu all over again? We had very little information. So I can't take issue with what the governor did then. Like, this is months later where we have a lot more data. We understand the death rate isn't nearly what, what we thought it could have been. So I, I think there's a lot of ways the governor can say, hey, listen, you know, Governor Cuomo, uh, this is different. This is different right now. What about this new provision that hotels now? You have to ask people for a certificate of something. I mean, I'm just trying to think. I just arrived on vacation. We finally got here, let alone with the ferry that the people actually have to make. It's even harder to get to because then you've got to make the ferry reservation and everything else. And I get there and then the people are saying, now, do you have your certificate to show that? I mean, I I, I just there's only so much that people are going to put up with. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal, to be honest with you, John, because most of the people who are coming out here to Block Island, frankly, to the to Rhode Island, are not from one of the 33 now states that are on that list. Okay. You know, if someone comes here from Connecticut, they're not, they don't have to fill out any special forms. It's really like the 33 states with the, the infection rate that, that raises the red flag. Now, what can you tell us, and folks, good afternoon, we're speaking to House Minority Leader Representative Blake Filippi. What can you tell us about this hotline that Governor Mundo has set up with the state police that you're supposed to call up if you see people having a gathering more than 15 people? I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of I'm not a big fan of neighbors ratting out neighbors. I'm just not. Now, what, is it going to be used? Is it going to be used for abuse? Like if it's an anonymous hotline, I could see the, the state cops being sent to all all places in the state that might not even be legitimate. And do you, do the state police really want to be going to people's houses and counting the number of people? No, do they? I wouldn't. And it makes me even question, you know, the legal authority of the governor to even put these limits on. Yeah. That that is a big outstanding legal question. You know, we have three branches of government. We have the legislature who passes laws. You know, we're, we're all bound by those laws. But what we have now under this emergency is the governor enacting law by executive order. And, and I have significant questions as to whether that's even constitutional in our republic. Hmm. Um, so may, maybe that question will be answered if they go around. They start really busting people's chops here. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe someone will say, huh, I'll see you in court, buddy. You know, Rep. Filippi, um, th- th- this business, w- w- why are bars having to close at 11 o'clock? 
how did it become 11 o'clock? Um, and and, and, and if, if the problem is in large gatherings, I don't understand. So a bar on, let's just say Block Island, Narragansett, you have to close at 11 o'clock. But in both of those communities, it's under five, if, if it's anything, as far as the, or Jamestown, of the cases. What, why do the bars in those areas have to close at 11 o'clock? They shouldn't have to. I mean, the governor said 80% of bars are in compliance, 20% aren't. So we're going to go after everybody because 20% aren't in compliance. And then we're going to go after everybody around the state where one county has the problem. It's just like they're painting everybody with a broad brush here. You know, if you have 20% of bars that aren't, aren't in compliance, go after those bars. Give them the, give them the, the violation. Deal with it. A lot of good businesses that are doing the right thing. Even in counties like Washington County and Newport County that don't have high infection rates, we're all doing the right thing. Yep. Why are we being punished because other people aren't? I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I think the governor, if she believes that someone isn't following her executive orders to the extent they're enforceable, she should enforce them. Hmm. Not put these blanket prohibitions that are going to hurt people who are already struggling, who lost the spring, who are now losing all of Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, and New Jersey tourism. They're not coming here. To stay overnight now. They're not. Now we have to close the bar at 11 o'clock? I, I don't understand that. And when you think about um, when you think about Newport, I mean, they lost the no jazz fest, no folk fest. Now the bars, I mean, listen, you've operated bars. I've had bar owners. When the, the bar closes at 2, I worked in a bar. We The most money we made was between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock. Um, and if the bar closes at one, the most money we made was between twelve and one. Now you're moving it back even more. Why, why is eleven o'clock the time instead of one o'clock, or even in Providence, it's two o'clock? Now it's eleven o'clock. I, I don't know the answer to the question, John. I mean, we're going to be creative to work around it. Really, like with the way we read the executive order, is that you just can't sit at the bar. You know, the bar can still be open for table service. Um, I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. I don't know what data was behind 11 o'clock. You know, my, my opinion is that I don't know if there is much data. They just found a number that seemed to work, and they picked it to show that we're being aggressive. And it's they're, they're showing that they're, they're actually doing something instead of going after people who are violating the rules. Yeah. So instead, instead of actually going after the people that aren't following the rules, they're, they're hurting all of us, and... I don't understand. In lieu of going after the bad actors, they said they have to show that they're doing something and they just pick this number. Frank, I don't know how they came up with 11 o'clock. I really don't. Hmm. I don't. I don't think there's any rationale for it other than it just sounds good. We're going to cut two hours off of your business. Yeah, and I think the... Um, I, I noticed yesterday when I was there and I, I started to kind of zero in on this business of it certainly seems... There, there are three problem communities, and those communities are best illustrated in the numbers. And, and there is a problem. Uh, Central Falls, 181 cases. That's one square mile for the amount of people that live there. That, that is, Central Falls is still, it has been all along, and it remains a major problem. Central Falls, Providence, Pawtucket, they are not going back for in-school learning because of the high tests. But I repeat, so they've, they've identified three communities, but when it comes to people gathering bars, the phone-in line, it's in the entire state. Um, Representative Flippy, I don't understand why 
everyone is seemingly, and I tried to say that, but being punished. We're on this list, as you mentioned, and you're exactly right. The people that want to come into Rhode Island, they wouldn't come anywhere near those three communities. Listen, you, you look at Newport, it's New York and Connecticut and Massachusetts. Yes. You look at Block Island, it's mostly Connecticut and New York. They're not going to Central Falls, Pawtucket, and Providence. No. Just not, I'm not saying the people from those communities don't go to Providence, but the people that are vacationing in southern Rhode Island aren't. They're not going up to Providence. They're spending a week on Block Island. They're spending a week in Newport or a week in Arragansett. Right. They're not going up there. No. And, and I, you know, I used to tell the story in the past when I was surprised when I moved back to Rhode Island, I was surprised the focal point that Providence was because I used to tell people that when I lived in New York, if, if someone heard I was from Rhode Island, if they had been to Rhode Island, it's because they had visited Newport or Block Island. I, I would very rarely meet. You'd get someone who would say, oh, yeah, I went to a wedding in Newport or, oh, yeah, you know, my cousin, we went and visited them. They had a house on Block Island. But you just... You didn't have those people coming up and spending the weekend, or certainly not a week, in Providence or Pawtucket. So is there any thought to those communities or the hospitality or tourism in those areas to basically say, because Rep. Filippi, basically, unless I'm wrong, but we're treating Central Falls the same way that we're treating Block Island, correct? Yeah, we are. And, and, and that's what we should be doing right now. The governor should be on the phone with these other governors saying, listen, let's. And I, I can't expect these other governors to say, okay, we're going to go town by town. That's a little too much to ask. But they, a lot of these other states, they have defined counties like we do. Florida has done a lot of its uh, restrictions based on counties. Yes. So I think, if, I think if the governor were to call up Charlie Baker and say, listen, Mr. Baker, we have this one county that has a problem. I think he'd get it. And he'd say, okay, yeah, yeah, let's restrict it to that one county. I, I don't think that we can start saying we have three towns that are a problem and only restrict your people from going to these three towns. I, I don't. I, I think they may say, listen, that's a little, a little too detailed for us to get into. Right. But we, got, we have five counties here. We got one county that's a problem. Yeah, and especially, you're exactly right, especially if you have someone in Connecticut and they want to take a couple days off and they weren't sure what was going to go with the virus. Now they do have some time off and they say, you know what, let's, you know, we're going to spend a couple days. I want to book a room on Block Island. We're going to drive to the ferry, get on the ferry, take the ferry from Connecticut, go to Block Island, and then at the end of the the trip return there. They're never even coming even into any other part of Rhode Island other than Block Island. Yeah, man, I know. <laughs> I know. But here's the thing, right? It's like this state is teetering on the edge of insolvency. Yes. Like, you know what our budget looks like. We, we should be doing everything we, we can right now to feed the goose that lays the golden egg. And that goose is tourism in this state. Why the heck are we allowing Providence County to shut down tourism statewide? You know, we spent a ton of money acquiring the capacity to develop the data, which we have, which we can use to convince other governors to loosen the restrictions on a county basis. Right. We have the data. We, you saw it in the Providence Journal today. We have town-by-town numbers. We have county-by-county numbers. Yep. So we spent a lot of money on that data to get that data. Why the hell are we not using it right now to make sure we keep feeding the goose that's laying the golden egg, our tourism industry? Now, because we're killing it. It's getting killed it is. right now yeah. by these out-of-state restrictions 
when we should be calling up these governors and saying, listen, man, just do Providence County. Yes. The data is simple. You know, and I, um, but see, now they talk about equity and they don't want to single anybody out. Um, I, I tried to broach that yesterday, especially I even had the governor correct it because initially she was trying to spin it of, well, this is a good thing because then we'll have the state to ourselves. We won't have all these outsiders coming in and taking up room in Rhode Island. Um, she said it was a good thing. And then she kind of flipped on that. But you understand what I'm saying? There's nothing good about that. If if Block Island or Newport or parts of Narragansett, if they just have to rely on people from Rhode Island, that that's not really what the customer base is. It's not a business model. No. The governor's saying you don't want to treat people differently, but we're using the numbers to say kids aren't going back to school in those three towns. That's right. Isn't that, isn't that treating people differently based, yes. based on infection rates? Yep. So how is it unfair to treat the tourism industry differently based on infection rates? It doesn't make sense. We should be smart. We should be so overly sensitive. We make bad economic decisions. I sit on House Finance Committee as an ex-officio member. I know what the numbers are. We should be scrambling desperately right now to get as much tax receipts as possible you're right as much as possible and south county and newport county are the the places that throw money up to providence county it's like the money that the state's going to make in taxes on block island and newport right now if we go about this and try and do this countywide restrictions those that tax money's not staying here on block island and newport that tax money is going to go up and fund Providence, Central Falls, Pawtucket, the places that have these high infection rates. That's right. So by doing this, we're actually helping those communities out because those communities, frankly, are going to feel the pain most when we're going to have to cut our state budget. So they should be saying, listen, let Block Island, Newport, Narragansett, you know all the communities, let them open. We need the money to fund our schools. We need the money to fund the, the hundreds of millions of dollars in state aid to our urban communities. Yeah, I don't um, understand that, and I didn't understand it yesterday. I want to play. I think I have when I was asking Dr. Scott that. Um, no, I was I was wrong. Um, uh, Representative Filippi, before I let you go, um, talking about the solvency in the state budget and so forth, I, I was, um, you sit on JCLS. I, I was very surprised that we're still hiring people, and let alone they hired the son of Representative Anastasia Williams to a legislative job that seemingly pays fifty grand a year when the GA, the General Assembly, is not even in session right now. Yeah, it's a problem, John. We should be hiring anybody. We shouldn't be hiring any legislators direct family member. Period. I think as a matter of policy, we shouldn't be doing that. We sure, certainly shouldn't be doing it during the pandemic, and we certainly shouldn't be doing it illegally without a vote of JCLS. You know, my contention is when you read the plain language of our statute for the Joint Committee on Legislative Services, it's the administrative arm of the General Assembly that has a $46 million a year budget. It's supposed to be controlled by five legislators per statute. It's clear those five legislators have to vote on hiring every person. That's not the way this thing is operated. The speaker has taken it over. This is his personal political fiefdom. And this is the type of bad decision that is made when you put all that power in one person's hands, in my contention, unlawfully. So I don't even think, I don't even think Anastasia Williams' son was even legally hired. But that's what we have right now. Is there any way that that could be challenged, or is there just no mechanism for that right now? I mean, I'm currently in a, in a lawsuit against the speaker. Yeah about his, his unlawful control of JCLS, 
We have ongoing court hearings. We're hopefully going to get a decision in the next month or so. And hopefully what emanates from that decision is the lawful operation of this $46 million a year state agency. We have to we have to fix this thing. And this high unlawful hiring is just exhibit, I don't know, see at this point of how JCLS is operated as a road committee. I mean, there's just so many examples. $165,000 for a bunch of plastic in the Senate in the House. Yeah. I could have done that job myself for thirty grand. That's I could have right. done it. And I don't even install that stuff. But I could have gotten a crew of five people to put that stuff into thirty grand. They spent the hundred and sixty five grand on it. Yeah. And we- example after example after example of our money being blown by the speaker who doesn't lawfully spend it. And where, where did things leave off as far as the session and, and uh, the budget? And is everything just put off right now? Like, I, I can't even remember how things left. Yeah, everything's up in the air. You know, I, I, listen, I throw shade on a Democratic leadership when they deserve it. I'll give them credit when they deserve it. It's the right thing to do to wait. Wait, okay. Until we know what Washington, D.C. is going to do. Okay. Right? If we think, if, if Washington, D.C., if we think Washington, D.C. is going to give us $800 million, why would we pass a budget before we get that money, before we know whether we're going to get that money? Sure. So it's the, it's the right thing to do to sit back and wait and, and see what we're going to get from the federal government because you can't responsibly budget without knowing that. And Washington, D.C. doesn't seem to really, I don't want to say have that together, but there doesn't seem to be consensus yet no. about what kind of money is coming to the state. So we're doing the right thing by sitting back. We're doing the wrong thing by sitting back and spending the same amount of money as we did last year. We should be in a, a period of austerity right now where we're not hiring legislators' kids and spending all this money in other places. We should be doing everything we can to save money right now in the event that we don't get any money from the federal government and we have to cut. Hmm. And we're just spending. We're spending like we've always spent. And no family, no Rhode Islander would do that if this circumstance applied to their business or their kitchen table. No. Folks, he is the House Minority Leader, Representative Blake Flippy. Rep, great to hear your voice. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again. You too, John. Thank you. All right, folks, there he is, Blake Filippi, right here on the John DePietro Show. I think I do have where I was um, asking, uh, and again, folks, good afternoon at one thirty-two. I believe this is the uh, D- Director, Rhode Island Department of Health, uh, Dr. Scott. I think I found the clip. I think I did. The case. Oh, okay. Here we go. Those three communities seem to have higher COVID cases. Is that correct, Doctor? Yeah, that's definitely. Okay. If that is the answer, if that Please is back the it up case, just for a moment. Let me. We hear about Block Island. I just want to. Those. No. Here we well, go. Now, we heard Providence, Pawtucket, and Central Falls School Districts. Is that also reflective of where the increase is as far as COVID spiking up? It would seem to correlate. Uh. I'm going to let you answer. I don't, I don't think so. Those three communities seem to have higher COVID cases. Is that correct, Doctor? Yeah, that's definitely. Okay. If that is the answer, if that is in fact the case, we hear about Block Island Ferry, limiting the beaches. You have three urban areas. Why is the entire state being punished for the actions of the individuals in those three communities? Because it is not just the actions of the individuals in those communities. It's important to, to be able to say that cases are increasing throughout the state. What was shared is from an education standpoint, we made a particular cutoff 
that determines when it's safe to do the full in-person versus having some distance learning. But the increase in cases that we are seeing is by far not just limited to those communities. The increase is occurring across the board. And if we don't make changes now, which is what we're talking about and why we're saying it's critical, there will be more municipalities that would cross the line in terms of being on that list with schools. Which is why we want to keep our eyes on the prize. This is not just about activities in one community or another. People are living across the state. People are working across the state. People are engaging in activities where they are not wearing masks appropriately across the state. It just seems, Doctor, through this, there has been challenges as far as language Listen to this, folks. Or people, you know, uh, hesitant to be tested because of people in National Guard uniforms. Are those being met? And is that still a challenge in those three communities? That is not still a challenge to that extent. We have done well to set up testing and make sure that it's accessible to people in the communities that need it. For some of those communities, there is more testing done per um, population of those communities. So people are getting tested and responding. That has nothing to do with what you mentioned. It's about the fact that COVID-19 travels across the state. It doesn't stop in certain communities and not go to others. Where we have in beaches, in bars, social gatherings of people coming together without wearing masks, that's where transmission is occurring. Governor, when it, when it comes to this... Folks, again, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. Now, that was my question with Dr. Scott. Um, but that's... The, the numbers tell a different story. Right? That That's not accurate. I, I know they're, they're big on this whole equity thing. Equity meaning everybody's the same. No one's different than anyone else. That's, that's not true. The numbers in Central Falls, in Tuckton and Providence, are much higher you just heard as I was speaking of Representative Filippi, the numbers on Block Island are less than five. Could be zero, but I know they're less than five. Central Falls, it's 187. But you're treating the two of them the same. Dr. Scott wants to say it's not that, it's bars, it's traveling across the state. But the numbers are not on par. It bears it out. The, the line, the metrics that they're using... They're not sending children back to school in those three communities because the numbers are so high. And that, I, I, it just, listen, I, I, <laughs> their argument that they're trying to make doesn't hold up. It doesn't. And, and, and I also want to be very clear with all of you. Now, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Thursday afternoon at 137. I want to be very clear. I mean, I can't. There's only so much that I can do. Um, I don't want to get into. It's not that I don't want to get into debate with them, but I can only ask the question so many different ways. They have the numbers. They're using numbers that the other states are using seemingly against us in some way. And as a result of that, like, you know, Representative Flippy made a good point. Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls, they depend on receipts and tax revenues from tourism to keep them afloat. Why are we treating our tourist areas down by the shore, bound by the ocean, southern part of the state? Why are we treating them the same way, 
So a bar in Central Falls has to close at 11 o'clock. And a bar on Block Island has to close at 11 o'clock. Central Falls has a huge spike with the virus. Central Falls does not. I mean, Block Island does not. I, I, that, that is I, what, what, this whole business of equity. And we got to make sure that everybody's it's, it's all equal. And I, I, I completely fundamentally disagree with the notion of that whole thing. It's John DePietro on this Thursday. Hey, folks, I want to remind you. Now, you want to make sure your home is as comfortable as possible and you want to clean up your home. This is a great time to call Brothers Disposal and get rid of some of your unwanted belongings. You know what's really handy? And that is if you have a dumpster in the driveway for a, a, um, a backyard, maybe a, uh, some kind of a project you're working on or a household project, or to get rid of, clean out your basement or your garage or your attic, Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517. Brothers Disposal. Give them a call. Roland and, and his crew, they will, in fact, deliver a dumpster right to your home. Brothers Disposal. Folks, then clean out your garage, your attic, your basement of unwanted belongings. Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517, Look for them on Facebook. They have the yellow and the purple. It's Brothers Disposal. Call them today. Get a dumpster in the driveway. You know how handy it is? And by the way, that dumpster could be there for a weekend, for a week, for a month. Work it out with them. They don't even have to come into your house. Brother's Disposal. Come on, brother. Good morning, brother. 688-0517. Folks, right now it's 140. It's Thursday afternoon. It's John DePietro. And again, the big story. I was the one that asked the question. I told you yesterday was going to be a, a, a big day as far as the briefing. I was right. In some ways, it was even bigger than I thought. This whole rat hotline they've come up with. I've been covering these briefings since the beginning, as many of you know. And I thought yesterday that was um, there's mixed messages being sent. And, and people can't keep track of it. And it is confusing. And people are being told, one thing I know is we're on a list. We are on a list. If you're in Massachusetts, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, if you live in one of those states and you want to come to Rhode Island, when you come back, boom, quarantine for 14 days. There's nothing good about that. Nothing good about that in any way. And we need to get off the list. So why not signify where the problem is? And the problem is in Providence, Pawtucket, and Central Falls. And let's go even farther. The problem has always been in Providence and Pawtucket and Central Falls. Never forget who brought the virus to Rhode Island. It was those people on the St. Ray's trip in Pawtucket. They brought it in here. And it's been spreading. Maybe it was even here before then. But as we're, now it's, it's serious. And as I've told you, you know, this is one of the downsides of being, having the sanctuary policy, these illegals. Let's be honest. In third world nations, they are not, they don't have our, Hygiene. They don't. I, I, people from there will tell you that. They, they don't. This is foreign to them. They live. Listen, I'm not blaming them. I'm not hateful to these people. I'm not. 
But in certain areas of Providence, Pawtucket, and Central Falls, you have 8 to 10 to 12 people living in an apartment. It's tough to distance that way. It is spreading that way. That's, I'm, you know, we want to deal with the science. Let's deal with the science. But this is affecting business. I mean, if I were, if I were involved with tourism, Block Island, Newport, Narragansett, I would, I would be out of my mind fit to be tied. Insanity. What? You've got to be kidding me. What do you mean we got to close our bar at 11 o'clock? Well, there's a bad spread of the virus in Central Falls amongst the illegals. What what in blanket name does that have to do with the situation in Narragansett or Newport or Block Island? People, you know, you only folks, we have a month left of good weather like this. And then September, you still have beautiful weather in September. Not like this. Once you hit Labor Day, it's just a different feel with the summertime. This is the time. I, I just don't, for the life of me, I don't understand why. I know why, though. I know why. It's the wrong decision. But it's all this business of equity. It's this business of everybody has got to be treated the same. The virus is that the virus is not the same. It's not the same. The numbers bear it out. You know, these are like test scores. There are, there are certain schools that have better test scores than others. There are certain communities and businesses that don't have the type of virus breakout. But now, as a result, that's I'm not saying it's the entire reason. But what is crazy is to treat everyone the same. Folks, and let me be very clear about this. It's 143. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Thursday. You know, when, if you worked in an emergency room, would you treat every patient the same that comes in? No, I, I get it. You got to take down their name and insurance and who they are and age and those types of things. But you don't. Every patient is different. You don't treat them the same. Are you kidding me? It doesn't even matter what their gender is, what their background. If somebody comes in and they're having a heart attack, I, they may be black, they may be white, they may be Asian, they may be Latino. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You're not going to treat someone with a heart attack the same as you may treat someone that broke their thumb playing softball. They're both injured. Someone who was shot. Watch television. Those people seem to be treated first. Why are we treating everybody the same? They're not. The problem is in those three areas. The problem will remain in those three areas. But this is economic. You're hurting. People in Connecticut are saying, forget it. I'm not going to go to Block Island for, for five days. Well, Block Island wants their money. Block Island needs their money. Rhode Island needs their money. They're not going anywhere near Providence. They're not going in anywhere near Central Falls. You know, that is a myth. You used to hear of people at this, you know, the Blackstone Valley tourism thing. As someone that has lived, I lived outside of Rhode Island for 10 years. No one says, you know, I was thinking of taking a vacation and staying in Providence. No. It's all Newport, Narragansett. That's where they go. They want to come here for the ocean. And that thank God they come here and come for the ocean. You know, I was thinking of exploring some of Slater Mill. I mean, it, 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 it's fantasy. This portion of the 
John DePietro Show is brought to you by R&R Roofing. Now, listen, if you need a new roof, all work guaranteed, free estimate, 40 years in business, over 40 years, all types of shingles, flat roofs, call Richard Rossi, R&R Roofing, the original, the best, free estimate. Now, listen, now is the time. Invest in your home. Improve your home. And whether it is all types of shingles, flat roofs, call R&R Roofing today. The original, the best. Richard Rossi, R&R Roofing. 401-823-1330. 823-1330. Online, rnrroofingri.com. I did post this on my Facebook page. But call them at 823-1330. R&R Roofing. Angie List award winner five years in a row for a reason. Actually, it was 10. R&R Roofing. Get your roof repaired now. Now is the time. Hey, call for a free estimate. Find out. Richard Rossi, how much would it be? We're thinking of we need a new roof. A new roof, by the way, is always a good investment in the home. Folks, you're not going to Disney World. You're not going on a cruise. You're not going on trips. Invest in your home. R&R Roofing. 823-1330. The rat hotline. You know, thank God I was at that briefing yesterday. Thank God I was at that briefing yesterday. Folks, that's why I go. You're very welcome, by the way. And ask the question, because I didn't hear anyone else in the media, didn't even blink when the governor talked about a hotline. You turn people in if you have more than 15 people. Let's hear it again. If you don't mind, so if I'm somewhere and I see 100 people in a backyard, I should call 764-5544. Is that correct? 5554. And now, who mans that hotline? State police. State police. Does. State police. Okay. Do they find out, hey, this is John DePietro calling on my neighbor? <laughs> so let me get the number right. 764-5554. Okay. It's the state police. Yeah. Uh, I assume, in other words, you don't want to be uh, let's just think identified. Let's 100 people over there, I'm here. No, I don't want them to know I'm the one that Yeah, I'm look, they're Maybe professionals. I they are, you maybe because you're a troublemaker. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, look, they're professionals. They do, they deal with this all day long. So they're just going to want to know where do they have to go. Okay, so the person having the party, $500 fine, or did you say every person at the party is Every per- I want to tell you the rules okay. and the law. And as with all rules and law, you know, when the state police shows up, they use their discretion. But they can find every single person 500 bucks. That'd be $5,000. Well, 50000 actually. Yes. 50000 actually. Don't have a 100-person party in your backyard. It's very simple. And that goes into effect when? Now. Right now. Right now. Why isn't this an emergency? That sounds like an emergency to me. <laughs> By the way, folks, I want to get a hold of that. You know how they, they, you can get a hold of the 911 calls? I mean, I really want to get a hold of the... Uh, I want to find out if that's um, public domain. I'd like to hear the calls coming into, you know. Yes, I'd like to report. I see some people. and I, 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 I. Can you even imagine? Yeah, I'm sure the state police are thrilled that now they have to deal with this. My goodness. Talk about a red-letter day in uh, Situate. The state police now have to deal with people calling in on their neighbor because they're exceeding the 15-person limit. Now, what I think is interesting, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's 149. It's John DePietro on this Thursday. What I thought was interesting, I was going, you know, it's tough because there's so much information. 
and you get limited time. But what I thought would have been interesting was if they were offering a $500 reward for people if you call someone in. Now, that would get people calling. As much as, listen to me, as much as people are saying, no one should rat anybody out. No one should rat anybody out. And and even I said that. So they're going to rat out their neighbor. No one should be doing that. And ratting out the neighbor. Everyone that is saying that they're against it. What would change the dynamic would be if they suddenly announced that actually you can get a $500 reward. $500 finder's fee. If you find, you would have people riding around at night. Trying to find large gatherings. You know, I may ask, put that as a suggestion next week. If you want to cut down on it, that's how you cut down on it. You think if, if how about this, 500 bucks. You find a large gathering. You fall, call it into the police. Don't leave it to the neighbors. If you want to do that, and then, but then the person gets, what, half? So in the course of a night, you find four parties. You, you get a G note. You get $1,000. Now, that would get people out. People would say, hey, I could earn money. Why not? Imagine a Saturday night, like you hit the, the lottery, boom, and find like 10 parties. Even five, two parties, 500 bucks. You get 250 every time you rat somebody out. You'd have patrols out there. You know, you take your vehicle, I'll take my vehicle. Look for things on social media. Go to the liquor store. Pay them off. Hey, anybody come in? Buy a lot of booze? Yeah. That guy that lives at, uh, you know, 4 Main Street. He got two kegs. All right. We're on our way. There they are. Hello, police. Yes. I want to get that's if they want to get action. That's how you do it. But right now, I would think the police his his my I think. That they're just going to show up and tell the people, like, you got to leave. You can't have all these people. I, I think they're going to do that. And if the people refuse, or maybe there's people that just decide they're going to ignore it and they're going to do it every night, I think those people would have a problem. It's John DePietro on this Thursday, this portion of the program. Folks, there's only one place I go to fill up my propane tank. It's my friend Phil Johnson. Johnson Propane. Damn right. Talk about a great American. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right in front of Stop and Shop, next to Wendy's. Now, listen to me. They fill the Blue Rhino tanks. No swap. They'll refill your Blue Rhino tank 15 bucks. If you go somewhere else and they refill your Blue Rhino tank, 22 bucks. Not with Phil Johnson and Johnson Propane. They're open seven days a week. Next to Wendy's in front of Stop and Shop. All the supplies you need. Credit cards accepted since 1971. And Phil never runs out. He has your propane waiting for you. Folks, you're going to be grilling all of August. You're going to be grilling all fall. Johnson's Propane. 621-8129. He is something else. Phil is a great American. By the way, big Trump supporter. Wherever you can hear my voice, when you need to fill up your propane tanks, stop it and see my friend, Phil Johnson, Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Call him at 621-8129, 621-8129, Johnson Propane, right next to the Wendy's in front of the Stop and Shop, all 
propane tanks and supplies. Maybe you need a propane tank. Go see Phil, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Talk about a mainstay. He's been there since 1971. Joe Dorley cut the ribbon when Johnson's Propane opened. Phil Johnson, Johnson Propane, 621-8129. Right at the back of Rhode Island College, right across from where Doris Vending used to be, it's Johnson Propane. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Thursday. Remember, if you ever miss any portion of the show, you can always uh, go to the website, DePietro.com. So, uh, looking at some of the headlines. So now the Ohio governor has tested positive. That doesn't sound good. Um, let's see. Right now in America, there's one death every 80 seconds. Dr. Burks warns of an uptick in nine cities. Fauci promises politics will not guide vaccine timing. White House for rent, planned RNC convention speech from the South Lawn. Hey, the president's got to give the speech somewhere. You know, this whole thing is unfair. But I, I will say this, folks. I mean, at some point, as I've been telling you, they I think they are waiting. You want some political insight. They are waiting to see who the Biden VP pick is going to be. And that's going to be a big component of where this thing goes. Whoever is going to be the Biden VP pick, they are going to face a scrutiny. They they are going to get a rash like they've, they've just never. I mean, they, they are going to be ripped up and down. Whoever it is, because something's got to change the dynamic of this race. Something has to change the dynamic of this race of Biden just staying in hiding. I'm seeing that um, at our weekly press briefing, Governor Mundo ordered all bars and areas closed at 11 o'clock. Another arrow at the hospitality industry. Restaurants that have a bar can stay open. They can serve drinks within the table. Bar area has to be closed. Midtown Oyster Bar said it's just another arrow at the hospitality industry. Those are the people that should be shut down and get punished. It's not the people of my place or 80% of other bars and restaurants who are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Federal Hill restaurants said they spent money on installing plexiglass at bars and space the seats to allow additional dining options. Now the rules are going to get tougher. What's the next restriction going to be? We're going to close at nine, something like that. It's not acceptable. Take this punishment. 80% of the businesses are doing it right. But you are, Ramundo said she will not hesitate to close down bars if owners and patrons don't follow the rules. In Newport, one owner said new restrictions have already limited the size of our bar seating. For us, with the social distancing, we were normally an 80-seat restaurant, 14 bar stools. I now have four behind glass, so normally I have 20-something tables. Now I'm down to 10. Take a collaborative effort from the public restaurants. Bar owners work together to help spread the spread of the virus. Doesn't mind the new bar restrictions. Well, folks, well, let's let's see where they are in January. I mean, I, I don't see there's nothing positive about this. And what I have been saying and telling you is what I think is very, very unfair is treating everyone the same. You can't. Everyone's not the same. And they've already demonstrated, as I asked yesterday, is you have three school communities, Providence, Pawtucket Central Falls, those kids are not going back in back in-person learning. But you watch, mark my words, the teachers union, they want everybody distance learning. Everybody distance learning, and there's no reason for it. They 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 are trying to say 
There's no difference. The kids in Smithfield are the same as the kids in Central Falls, are the same in Burrowville, the same in Cumberland. Ludicrous. Smithfield, North Smithfield, don't have a problem with the virus. Lincoln doesn't. Where's the virus? Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls. What does the teachers union want to say? Nope, everybody's the same. Everyone's not the same. See, they don't want anyone going back. They don't want anyone going back. And that is going to be a real showdown. That is going to be a real showdown with the education commissioner, with Governor Amundo. Folks, and many of you, the CDC has come out. It's better for children to be in school. They should be in school. Children learn more in school. Those children should be in school. It's terrible what's about to what's, what, what you're going to witness over the next two months. Absolutely disgraceful. Abs- mark my words. Absolutely disgraceful. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember what we say, if your appliance is dying, hey, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096. Now, I went to make microwave uh, popcorn. Put the popcorn in the microwave, one problem, wouldn't work. What did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. Said if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Boom, they fixed it. They also fixed my dryer and also... Boom, they fixed the oven. Folks, it's John DePietro. Now, listen, thank you for tuning in. If you missed any portion of the show, go to the website, DePietro.com. We have a big program on tap for tomorrow. But you can always go to the website, DePietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, the official website of Unahoo. And to stay tuned, John Dion is up next in the wings after the 2 o'clock news. Again, uh, please follow me on Facebook or Twitter at John DePietro Show. And if you want to contact me, go to the website, DePietro.com, and then just click on contact john enjoy this thursday stay cool a lot more head wash your hands distance wear a mask for crying out loud and pray for president trump it's two o'clock